So, how about not this date, Istanbul? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone from sunny early morning Istanbul. This is artist state where we explore all nuances of uh, creating art, living together and traveling around the world. My name is Jana Komarnitska and I'm together with um, Pedro Bonato. And in today's show we have a couple of subjects to discuss but we also got one question from the previous episode uh, which was related to how to deal with sickness while you're traveling and we are gonna address it at the end of the episode but for now let's start with our traditional like sort of sections of each person bringing up one topic that was on our mind during last week so What's up? How was your week? <laughs> yeah, well, well, first of all, it's 7.30, so, and I haven't had my morning coffee, and I went to sleep late, so I will blame any weirdness or... No, no excuses. No excuses. No excuses. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, it has been an interesting, funny week. Uh, I'm going to put your sunglasses yes. and be baller. Sure. Too sunny for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are, first of all, I want to mention also that we are recording this in a very cute little like hotel that we stayed for the whole week called Sophia Corner Hotel. Shout out to these guys, very cool uh, people. We are in this uh, little balcony here terrace. on the terrace. Yes, not balcony. <laughs> this is too big to be a balcony. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, um, it's a little terrace that they have sometimes on top of buildings here in Istanbul. Many of the hotels have. And uh, it was very cute and interesting to see. I think... Um, it was a nice surprise to discover that there is small version of Hagia Sophia right. because it was advertised as a corner with a view to Hagia Sophia. No, no, then no, they said Sophia Corner Hotel with a view to the, to the Sophia. 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 Yeah, like... Uh, it was not deceitful in any way because if you see where the actual Hagia Sophia is, like the big one, and this one that is behind us, they are actually in different parts of the city, so not implying that at all. But the it, it was funny because it was my mistake because I actually when we were booking places here for this first week in Istanbul, we I actually thought uh, we were looking at places, and then this one said Sophia Corner Hotel. I assumed there was only one Hagia Sophia, <laughs> and then it actually said, "Oh, it's like overlooking at the uh, Hagia Sophia." And I thought, "Well, for a week we might be in a touristic place. It's fine." And then when we arrive here, I looked through the window, and then I thought, "Huh, I remember the Hagia Sophia. I've been here for a day, only a day in uh, in Istanbul. I remember Hagia Sophia being so much bigger." This is strange. And then later on, we discovered that actually this is, they call the little Aya Sophia, which actually has its own interesting story, story yeah. anyway. So, uh, but in terms of like the week it has been a very, um, let's say, strange. I never walked this much, right? So it was like walking 10, 13, 15 kilometers uh, per one day. One day, at least. how many? 26,000 steps? Yeah, in one on of the, the yeah, <laughs> In kilometers, it was like about like 15 kilometers in a couple of days. I know that for some people, that's like, oh, that's Tuesday morning, baby. But like, uh, yeah, for me, it was not. So, and it's all uphill. So that uh, very, very interesting. But it was um, so far, uh, we were like not trying to get on a, like a proper like schedule, like trying to see things as they happen. Uh, and I think like in terms of, to me, the theme, and they might be even become the, the episode's name or something like that. The, the thing that kept coming to my mind as we were exploring the little streets of uh, Istanbul was this idea of a thousand hidden paths. I even wrote that on my notes. Like that was like this idea that if you deviate to like a little corner or to a little like little place uh, anywhere where you are, at least in Istanbul, you will find a completely different world, right? There is all these hidden gems all over the place. And that was actually kind of uh, the, the subject for me, which is this idea of like improvisation and the going with the flow and letting the place like show you what you want. So it was like you can go on the very, let's say, touristic path, but you can or like the discovered path, let's say, and then at some point the expected, and at any point you can change to different pl places and there will be a different, different opportunities waiting for you. And I thought that was actually a very good analogy that why would that have to be the case when you are like uh, on a travel, especially on a travel in the city, there is this mix of things. What if you can consider that 
as part of your life because this is the case anywhere you go even though mm -hmm. you can have a very let's say uh, scheduled existence you do everything all the same time you can always m turn a corner and go see where that mm -hmm. leads you see where you go so that that's that's what's on my mind this mm -hmm. uh, this week uh it's interesting because uh, of course uh, exploring city if you have opportunity to connect with uh local people uh that's different also uh, uh how to discover city in different ways so it's not just touristic or like set routes uh but people show you different districts uh, like we discovered a couple new places also in istanbul in terms of even areas that i have never been i've been here several times in istanbul but all this in the main touristic spots uh, but uh, uh, also I really enjoy just walking around and sometimes seeing like even yesterday we randomly found very cute uh, we were filming actually a story for social media because of course as artists we need to keep social media and stories uh, keep going on and make it interesting and I was filming a story about how crazy the traffic is in Istanbul and I just turned my camera and then I see you already filming some entrance to the cute courtyard and then mm -hmm. we go inside and it's a shop of antique uh, stuff but antique also like combining antique and the selling carpets and then we get in this uh, conversation and uh, I was also just thinking um, what you brought up uh, that it doesn't have to be during the travel I think travel is a big excuse for us not to do things in our that we can do in our daily life in our own city because during travel it kind of comes often naturally but that's just an excuse because we can recreate the same experience in our own city too not just waiting to go to, to somewhere else yeah i think uh, that's one of the things that is interesting like this is not again this is not necessarily a travel show sometimes i assume that in the future we'll be in very like in one specific place for for a long for a long time but sort of like you try you you take the travel spirit with you right and uh, this idea that you are constrained by different things you, you you didn't have a chance to yet adapt your environment to your let's say to the bad bad the worst versions of yourself right where you let things be the way they are and they just stay there and then you get into this inertia and i think that a lot of our like um like urge to travel comes from this observation that whatever environment we created for ourselves is not enough or is mm -hmm. not what we want and you want to rediscover it and one of the things that happen I, I, well with all of us like if you have like an artwork or something on the wall in your house you get used to it it becomes basically invisible that's why we actually always are like changing like uh, decorations changing things where they go because you, you sort of like get reminded to, to those things and I think in travel those things come naturally and in places like like Istanbul that has well a huge huge history right it's well since the Hittite Empire so I think it's like 5,000 years old there was already people around here and uh, you have like even as an example this little like uh, mosque behind us like the, the Hagia Sophia it was actually a church like in uh, like Byzantine Empire for like a thousand years and then also no not yet yeah about a thousand years and then later on it was transformed into into a mosque and it actually served as a model for the construction of uh, the the big Hagia Sophia and even like when you're walking around the city you will see like a modern building next to a really really ancient one and these little places that have all this like meanings to, to different people and of course a very international city even on the makeup of the people that that uh, live here mm -hmm. and I think that's one of those things that in travel um, it helps you have this not comfort zone because everything is sort of different at least for a while and you also have this thing that oh even the architecture is different so you, you can't help it but notice different things and I think that's one of the many appeals yeah but it's also interesting uh, to bring it up also to the uh, topic of having this experience even in your own city because that's uh, why it's also I feel very important especially for people who want to develop artistic and creativity because it's looking on things with fresh eyes and that mm -hmm. like not ever can afford to travel like all the time or even from time to time but it's the same can be in your city because I'm thinking about my experience in Kiev where 
I grew up, I lived 20 years of my life there. It's very difficult for me to treat Kyiv as a travel in time. <laughs> Although in the last, uh, like what, since the fall, uh, every time we went to Kyiv for shorter or a little bit longer periods, we were renting apartments in different districts, which yeah. also helped you to feel like, oh, it, city feels with different vibe. But I remember even earlier than we were coming just to visit my relatives and we were coming like for one, 10 days, let's say periods. And we always were going around and of course showing on social media. And so many of my friends in Kiev were messaging me like, oh my God, I'm discovering my city through different lands. I didn't know it can be that interesting. So it's literally just approaching like, okay, what's new, what's unusual, what can be interesting uh, done explored in your city and then if you really dig a little bit deeper it kind of like show it's like we were talking earlier about that in the same city there can be so many different lives like people who live in the same city they do not have the same experience so it's the matter of seeking different experience even in your own uh hometown city yeah and that's actually like the thing about living different lives it reminded me i don't remember if it was a carlos castaneda boot book or uh richard bach i can't remember but one of the things he was saying is like oh so you think you live in the same world as that other person they literally live not literally but like they, they let's say symbolically and the, even like as a internal experience they live in different worlds if you are you're like just thinking about this like since we have our friends the birds around <laughs> or close to the to the sea they uh so if you see the people that live for example in this posh very nice beautiful like uh, mountain like hill north uh, of where we are where we went with uh, one of our friends that is uh, here from from istanbul uh he was showing us around um like that like like very beautiful like spot very like clean and organized and uh, let's say civilized and uh uh, other people live in uh, other corners of the city, the more like uh, artists, vibrant, like always like uh, like people walking around. And it's not even a matter of how much money you have, because even between two houses that are the same household, you have completely different experiences. And that's one of those, uh, those things that it's sort of like a reminder as we walk around and we see that we think we're very tied to the situation that yep. we are in. And how much of that is all in our mind? That's so fascinating. And I think you see that in travel, especially here, like coming from Brazil, if you go from the south of Brazil all the way to the north, you will basically cross, I don't know, most of Europe, if not all. <laughs> and so to me, it's always fascinating. Distance, yeah. yeah, like if you're five hours away, you're in a completely different country, to different, different, a completely different culture, different like language, different expectations, different climate, and how that changes. And you can see that in a split second, like as you go from one place to like in a few hours, you're in a different, a different place, and you see these different worlds that people live in. And I think one of the things that it's interesting as you were saying like oh like to go with a local but what if i don't know the person people in that specific city like i always thought that was like as if you're seeking new friends it doesn't matter where they are mm. so one of the things that i remember i remember living in uh, brasilia for example which is the capital of brazil and i was very in a miserable government job for a, for a long time and i was like going to the government going to my government job complaining about what i was doing i was going to uh, sit down and play video games in the evening and be feeling sorry for myself and uh, okay I have like job security but this is like terrible uh, work and I discovered uh, tennis you couldn't say by my body today but I used to play tennis a lot and then I remember that all this change started happening in my life and um, I started meeting new people and I was I felt like I was living in a different city as if that city that was this dreadful hot horrible like a uh, place with lazy people it was like suddenly became this dynamic fun social thing that I was getting like in shape and actually that actually got me the enough spark to actually start traveling the first time mm -hmm. I went to to actually move to to Canada so there is this uh, funny thing about living different lives and we can always change even by changing one activity that you do during the day. I kind of feel it's very uh, interesting. It kind of refers back uh, in my mind to Julia Cameron's book, which we referred in the previous show, which kind of got inspiration for our 
this current show but her idea of going every week on a date with yourself it's also very much related to seeking new experience like exploring something new different and it's not about traveling obviously but it's like having a mini travel into a different new world on a like say weekly hopefully basis that you can just dedicate one day or one afternoon and go and do something different new or go to your city somewhere where you haven't been and that kind of brings that sparkle and shakes you because you literally see things differently and uh, uh, well I kind of feel it's very useful for many people not only artists because we get too much sync in the like this routine or like what's supposed to be there is nothing that's supposed to be it's supposed to be in your mind but you don't know like another person may consider it's crazy and insane what you think it's supposed to be or be in your life so it's kind of like uh, creating those experiences and widening what you even think about I would yeah, say yeah it's uh, and the one note about that I think that's an important point like uh, what when uh, Julie Cameron wrote that uh, like the, the artist way which we'll probably refer to from time to time along with some other inspiring books but this idea of taking yourself on an artist date and uh, she was even mentioning for example when you say oh let's go to a museum when you go on purpose to take a look at uh, at like what's there the idea is the house of the muses right is the house of inspiration I think it's kind of funny that most museums you have to be quiet you can't sit down in places you can like there is all this let's say institutionalized version of showing art also there's all this beautiful art around and it's almost like overwhelming as if you want to go and not go and spend 10 seconds in front of this but you want to actually explore and feel the art and not feel the art in the context of all those other things but that's sort of like besides the point but that's one of the things that she suggests to do for artists and on that note I actually I actually think in a way that uh, Chase Jarvis talks about the idea of artists or he talks about creativity just as a photographer that I follow a very cool guy and he talks about creativity a lot and he talks about the idea of creativity with a capital C or like uh, yeah. like small C and the idea of capital C is like you can have creativity as um, oh like what we do like in, in work created this piece of art or this but there is creativity in every single sort of a artist of a human endeavor right mm. if you are a let's say if you're an engineer or if you're even an accountant although you don't want to do creative accountant accounting <laughs> but like there is like creativity in interpreting things and optimizing things and in in my view that's a sort of a artistic spirit it's the idea of the change so you have whatever is the let's say the norm the normal that exists in your world and whatever thing that you bring that has this uh, let's say your own personality to it and your own let's say um, quest or mm -hmm. a different way of doing things that's creativity and who's to say that that's not art so I think uh, sometimes you fall into this box of oh but I'm not an artist like well I've seen people that do like gardening and okay I'm not an artist but they do gardening and they really take care of the garden they really like they know the plants, they know deeply, they use like um, the specific tools, they create specific shapes, they're inspired to make that like uh, an aesthetic place or even a functional one. Oh, at this point in the season to have, to me, that's a form of art. So uh, if like you're listening, you're not necessarily like in the artistic path, always consider that like you can always bring some sort of creativity to, to, to your life. It's basically an idea that it's doing things that are on purpose even when you're getting lost on purpose mm -hmm. and yeah artistry and creativity it's not about creating art or what's considered art like to be sold or to be viewed it's more about either finding some solutions which many professions are about finding solutions for certain problems or at least seeing potential for improving or like making it better so even some job is repetitive but if you kind of approach it with creativity or artistry you may find a way how to re revolutionize it and make it better so artistry and creativity is pre present in pretty much any activity either job related or like daily related <laughs> yeah and uh, but well I think um, 
So you, do you want to, ch uh, I brought like this idea of like a thousand paths, like do you have your own? Uh... Yeah, and you can feel by my like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have something, I guess, uh, a little bit more boring and mm -hmm. mundane to bring up. But one thing that was really on my mind uh, about lifestyle of artists and also related to travel, but I also realized that uh, travel is just excuse. It's present in like any time. It's, uh, I would frame it like this fear of missing out work <laughs> so it's not fear of missing out some fun to do and go it's opposite and i think many people can relate to it especially those who self-employed not necessarily artists but if you're self-employed or you have your own business entrepreneur you have a never-ending list to do and your income, your salary doesn't depend on you showing up at certain hours. It also depends on how much work you do. And not only by doing those tasks, but figuring out which of them actually work and uh, get effective. And the only way to do it is uh, actually to implement, try them. And it's a matter of like, I don't know, a game of numbers, but in terms of game of numbers of tries <laughs> mm. so it's literally never ending list because you think oh let's do this maybe it will work maybe let's do this and i'm not even talking for me as a dancer about work of like consistent practice etc it's also literally like things that uh need to be tried from entrepreneurial point of view for artists who like for us in our case artists who live from art also on top of that things that needs to be happening on a daily or weekly basis like social media content or like for Updating me it's also like a website well. podcast mm. uh, editing some videos to put out like uh, emails like all this stuff and also for me as a dancer it's like consistent practice and whenever like i first was having this feeling like oh because we are traveling and the first week was very chaotic and hectic and we spent quite a lot of time also trying to figure out what actually we are doing because we came without no set plan yeah we'll talk about of that turkey later. like what is happening uh, so we kind of like okay we are coming for a week to istanbul and then we'll go around cities and then a bunch of things came out which required also our logistics <laughs> to figure yeah. out also a bunch of like meetings or also going to this place you want to go to this place because you're in a new city like in a yeah. new environment <clears throat> of course you want to explore but this pool and this guilt and this not even guilt it's like i noticed some days i, I just got physically annoyed because like no but this also needs to happen like this all like work-wise and this balancing and constant reminder to myself like no i knew this is gonna happen this is first week I was letting it like go like, okay, work is not going to be perfect, but we are figuring out. But then what came to my mind, like, wait, Jana, this is not about travel because this happens very often, even when you are not traveling, is that pull like you, you feel guilty to stop working and just giving yourself rest. And uh, you kind of feel like it's on this role but it's not even about effectiveness or productivity because you sometimes start procrastinating and scrolling instagram or like watching some random youtube videos so you're not all, all just working but it's a mindset of oh i need to if not working at least to pretend <laughs> that i'm actually working yeah it's uh, but it's a thing about like it's not i think it's not uh like mundane at all it's that well it's that uh that i'm the guy that likes to say quotes right so <laughs> uh there's this quote that is uh, i can't remember from whom it is but it's uh um the mundane is not a substitute for the sublime it's a secret passageway to it and i can't remember well related to the idea of a thousand hidden paths so there is a lot of like important things that you can see on mundane worries and that actually is something that <clears throat> a friend of mine uh, in brazil we were talking, like you were asking where we were. And then I said, well, we're in Istanbul doing this. We're three months uh, in the, almost three months in, uh, in Istanbul, in, uh, not in Istanbul, but in Turkey. And for this, it was the first time that I actually did not have plans, really, aside from a few things. They had or, ideas, but had not ideas plans. ideas of what to do, but not plans. But one thing that he said, oh, but are you, so you, uh, you are, how can you afford to travel for three months, like for as on vacation? And then I said, well, I'm actually not, uh, traveling on vacation what we do is different we're always as much as artists sometimes look like they have this interesting life we're working all the time and we're not working we're not getting paid there is that kind of uh, thing and even things that um, 
you can get, I don't know. Okay, so we noticed that we had a little audio technical problem. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So probably if you're up with us until now, you heard about 10 minutes of good audio and then suddenly you had to switch to the camera mic, whatever. It's just some technical problems. We apologize for that, but he did not want to re-record because... Lack of was... second coffee? Exactly. It was a lack <laughs> of second coffee. No, lack of first coffee because I haven't had even the first one yet. So um, anyway, so just... To... Fight coffee addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, get an apple. It will solve your problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you always do it. Apples and coffee are not the same thing if you are a coffee lover like me, especially here. There you have the beautiful, delicious, amazing Turkish coffee that it was like 8 or 9 p.m. You're like, hmm, I think I feel like having a little coffee. And it's a small dose, but it's not like espressos that are basically, well, getting used to North America. Sorry for the side tangent about coffees. But uh, if you get used to North America, they have these big cups. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's very strange to have that much coffee. And then I got used to it. And then when you go to European countries that they have these, uh, I call minimalist coffee. That is basically a little drip. You do it one sip and you're done. Uh, but here, like the Turkish coffee is very strong. It's very delicious. Everywhere has it. So as soon as we're done here, we should go have some coffee. But as I was saying uh, before, that I was talking about this friend of mine in Brazil that we were discussing the idea of, uh, oh, like this idea of duty, this idea of things to do. And uh, one thing that he was saying in terms of travel uh, was that, oh, for me, when I travel, I don't have to have any obligations. I don't want to do anything. I want to, um, like, not to have to do anything. Because in, your jo in our jobs, we usually have to do a lot of stuff. And I think in his case, it's also the case that he doesn't really, I mean, maybe he likes, I don't know, actually, if he likes his job that much. But it's sort of like, it's not something he would do on his spare time. Mm -hmm. He would not be doing his job. And that's one of the things that I was telling him, that it was like the difference in that sense, that we were lucky enough that at least we're pursuing, even, even when it's not perfect the way that you want, we are in the game pursuing the things that we like. And of course, when you think you're going to be like a photographer, a dancer, a videographer, a musician, you're going to spend all your time dancing, all your time photographing. It's like, no, you have like 10% of the time you're going to be doing that. And then all the rest is all the business side of it, which includes social media, preparing, uh, having contact with, cl with clients, pre like actually getting ready because if you were not creating new things and getting better, you become irrelevant very easily. And so there's like, we can do another episode about all the, like the other 90%, right, yeah. of what goes on artist's life. But it was interesting, he was talking about this problem of, oh, I don't want to have to do anything. So it was not a vacation. That's what I told him, like, well, we're actually not on vacation. Whenever we are in places, we're always creating content, seeing different things to do. And not only that, when we go, even the fact that we came here, it's not like, oh, let's just enjoy the hammams. It's like, I guess that's a cool segue for that, is that I knew one of the things that I wanted to do, even though it was not planned to do exactly, I knew I wanted to learn how to do drumming, the kind of percussion I play, the darbuka, in Turkish style, which is different than the Arabic style that I've been learning, that I've been playing for the last, what, 12 years, I guess? And yeah, it's one of those... Um, those things that you go to that place and I know that this will be part of my profession later. So even though you're enjoying, you're learning this new skill, you're doing all these things, it's basically an investment on your career as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, that's one of the things that are very unique to uh, arts that you never waste your time if you pay attention to the important things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can always waste your time forever, but uh, like if you pay attention, well, all those things, they can be used later on and I think that's a very important thing okay there are three things that I got on my mind uh, from what you were talking like first this like percentages of how much you dedicate to your art and other stuff I think it also depends on the seasons of life because if you kind of like established and created the system of let's say sturdy income that you're satisfied with then you can create a lifestyle that you dedicate way more time to your art too but it always like this balances. Sometimes it's more like towards the crafting your art, and then sometimes it's season that you have to carve time to actually go and do art because all other logistics uh, uh, and things happen that you need to deal with. So it all depends on the season. But second point that I was also you kind of mentioned, we are not talking about travel as vacations, like because most people, not only your friend, but most people when they travel, 
of course they do not want to have any work-related tasks. If I feel like going to travel for one, two weeks and that's it, I would not want to deal with any work-related stuff too. But in our case, it's different because uh, it's a travel like a lifestyle right now. So it's not like we can pause work for like one, two years, let's say, whatever we're doing this experiment. Uh, we have to keep working and we f need to find the balance between work and travel. And I even remember yesterday the scene we were with computers here the whole afternoon uh, in this terrace, literally at this table right now. And I remember a couple coming up on the terrace, probably their first day in Istanbul and kind of looking at us because they came several times <laughs> in the afternoon and then early evening. And they keep looking like, oh, we are still here at the computers. And for them, it probably was very strange. They were looking for the shadow. Well, I kind of heard, <laughs> misheard also what they were talking. So ah, it was a little bit uh. strange for them what is going on. Mm. Uh, but for us, it was like, okay, this afternoon we decided we dedicate, we are trying to, well, first of all, we had yesterday's surprise of new logistics and travel that we had to figure out, which we we'll didn't about in a second, yeah. uh, realize. But second, it was the time, like, okay, this afternoon I actually dedicate to work and do all the things that needs to happen, needs to be done. And I could not do by definition in advance. They have to happen in this moment during the week. Uh, and uh, also there was a cool third point which I was about to talk and I forgot. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but just to close off like at least for now this idea of uh, this, uh, let's say, oh, mundane things, how to deal with work and how to, oh, we set ourselves to do uh, one kind of a thing and uh, we end up getting into this old habits, like as you were saying, like this old worries of, uh, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. It's like, no, 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 usually unless you are in like a little war zone or you're literally with no cash, like you have time, you can allow yourself to do uh, certain like whatever other activities that you want. And I think that's one of those things that you can always find a balance. And I think either, either when you ever start on a new journey and I put in that very broadly, like if you start, I don't know, learning a new instrument or learning your first instrument or rediscovering your love for uh, guitar or piano or whatever, uh, like, I don't know, many years before when you said you were about to start, something very common for, for, for everybody, um, even that will basically start that, that uh, change in things that, that you want to do. And you should not like, beat yourself too much unless you are, if you're not in cruise control in certain things, which I think we are in this case right now, like we have, I don't know, the content that we have, we have our businesses, we have like our stuff. So we can allow ourselves to do this moment is this exploration that is not, as I said, it's like investing in, um, investing in your, um, in yourself as an, as an artist. And at the same time, what you're trying to do is to find this work-life balance on the road, which is something, the way that we are doing is new for us. Yeah. Right? And uh, one thing that was easier for us before was that we usually would, like on this last few months, right since November that we've been traveling, we would actually relocate to one specific place for one to three months. We knew where we were going to be, we knew what we were doing. And that was like the difference for, for now, I think, which is what threw us off a little bit. Also what uh, helps me a little bit to calm down because I'm very... Uh one of those person who likes to panic and likes to yes. worry, <laughs> likes, uh, tends to do this. But one thing that helps me to calm down a little bit, this inner like worriedness is kind of knowing, okay, today it's crazy day, let's say like, oh, we're meeting this person, we are going there, we're exploring there, we are dealing with urgent logistics. But then I know, okay, tomorrow afternoon, I dedicated to work or if a few days in a row happens like this crazy because this is also first week literally in new country so of course there's a lot of like exploration you look around you try to figure out stuff so it's a lot of like crazy like this nice spontaneous craziness so even a few days in a row it's like exploration but then i know next day i will fully dedicate let's say to work and the same happens in the bigger chunks because even our travels like our first big travels like Brazil and Egypt, there were, I mean, there were a lot of stuff happening, but in terms of work, it was more about like content creation and a little bit of chilling because of course you also at the beach. So you want to combine that. Then we went to Krivirik, which was basically about training and completely redoing website yeah. and the work that at the Yana Dance Club, we were doing technical work a lot for all those two and a half months. It was just about that. Then we went to Kiev, it was 
pushing for content creation because then we already start planning oh probably will come maybe to Turkey so content in terms of dance content like for classes at the Yana Dance Club will be maybe difficult to rely on a specific schedule to make sure we record so okay was preparation about that so then now we can take it a little bit more chill and give ourselves a little bit more time to figure out stuff but before the month was really crazy like we were doing last two weeks especially in Kiev was like 10 shoot sessions yeah, yeah. like it so it's also a matter of not finding balance on a like constantly like day to day this is what happening week to week but also finding balance okay right now I'm in the season of doing this next month let's say it's a season of doing this and also it's not just about travel it's this is the way i function in general work i like to go from project to project of this month i dedicate to like yana dance club another month it's like dedicating to logistics of podcast like not that i don't do anything else but it's like a focus what is my main focus yeah it's funny because to me it's the other way around right it's like i like to <laughs> be confusing be uh let's do lots of things at the same time so it's like sometimes then suddenly there's a few things coming to place and you're happy and uh sometimes there's all this other thing sort of like as if you're marinating a bunch of plates so nothing is ready for a long time and then sometimes you forget that one was in the oven and then it, it burns but it's just uh, interesting different uh, approaches to to art creation but i think like for for us at least because like, what we were doing and i think that will come actually as a useful maybe tip for people, uh, something that we did uh, coming here is like, oh, whenever people give this general like advice of like, oh, like explore with a local person, like when you're going, either if you are traveling as an artist or if you're traveling even just for your own pleasure. One thing that I noticed that people sometimes don't do is uh, about reaching out to people that you know in the country. Like for, for us, it happened that from Toronto and from uh, even from, from Ukraine, we had a lot of uh, like a network of friends and musicians that could uh, present us like, uh, I asked my friend uh, Jesh Singh, shout out to him, like that my current um, uh, uh, Hakam Kaya, that is this drummer, like this master percussionist that is teaching me the, the Arabic drums, uh, sorry, the, Arabic, so the Turkish style in Darbuka and and then uh, even other people that we ended up meeting were either people that we already knew that happened to be here or people that we just reached out to our like Facebook community to see, okay, guys, we're going to this place. Who would you recommend to talk to? And then they, they introduced us to all these amazing people that like we're you were going to be seeing and hearing probably throughout the next uh, couple of uh, months. But what I was going to mention is that we all have some sort of passion interest it can be carpentry like whatever thing that you're into there will be someone in the place where you're going that is also into that thing and that sometimes if it's like a kinetic activity like a sport if you like tennis you can join the tennis club on the place or you can arrange to have some classes or anything that will get you into the culture of the place that is not made for tourists right yeah. nothing wrong with things that are made for tourists because that's why you're going there in the first place but at the same time you really want to like at least have an effort of hi guys i'm coming to this place not to show you around as if you have a private guide that happens to be a local person or it's like a local person that you have an actual connection with and the best way to do this is with someone that has the same kind of interests that you have and that's what basically whenever we travel that's what we've been uh trying to do so this idea of like think of one activity that you that you like to pursue in that place and try to do that or have a class or have something that is not just the special places like istanbul that is heavily geared towards uh uh tourists yeah there are a lot of tourist traps and that will make your life very difficult and annoying but if you actually have a chance to meet actual people that live here, it will be a completely, completely different experience. And that's actually the third point that I forgot previously to mention because we were talking like, oh, right now we are without plan. Uh, because for me, like for you, it was like, oh, coming to maybe study drumming and explore like music scene of Turkey. For me, I remember the main intent, like incentive, like, 
I, for whatever reason, I wanted to have experience of living in Istanbul, not just visiting for a week, but living. I know we are taking a month soon. We are going to go on a travels, not just around Istanbul, but seeing different cities uh, in Turkey. But we also decided that last month of our stay will be specifically in Istanbul. And when you come on a long term, but long term for me, it's not going around museums. It's also combining work because it's not a vacation time. It's experience of living in Istanbul and living in any place will require you to work also. <laughs> so, um, and even if you don't know any local people, you can always reach out sometimes like a improvised, let's say spontaneous chat in the store with someone or mm -hmm. in the like, I don't know, in the Bars, hotel yeah, or bar, hotel, but yeah. store, I mean, not touristic store, but like a random convenience store that you will go like somewhere from time to time or or in the restaurant, like you meet someone or somewhere like this, those conversations, they bring up uh, many like different interesting things. Like even yesterday uh, we had uh, new information for us, which I don't know how we missed Miss it, <laughs> but uh, we wanted to rent a car. We went to rental place and the guy says, oh yeah, next week, by the way, it's a big holiday. So all rentals are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a huge, 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 uh, it's basically the week, like about 10 days, where all people around Turkey, they have this sort of like, basically long like a long-term weekend, that is basically a holiday, like, yeah. <laughs> and they go around the country, they do festivals, they do all sorts of things, and they, um, yeah, they, they basically decide to go around and then uh, we were like huh why are prices so expensive for these things it's like oh because there is this thing going on they're gone already yeah. the cheap ones and, uh, <laughs> and then we were like trying to uh, then something that always reminds us of like a thousand hidden paths and all this uh, like I think I heard from Bear, Bear Grylls the first time but it's like this idea from the British Army that they call the British Force uh, Air Force I think that it's like uh, improvise adapt and overcome Right? And this idea of like you're always improvising, you're always trying to, like in their cases, get the mission. But in our case, it's like, okay, we have this new thing that changed our plans. So let's, not even our plans, that influences the landscape of our decisions. So let's, uh, instead of like complaining about that or freaking out or beat yourself up because you didn't know about this thing. Okay, what can I do about this? And uh, one of the things that happened was still sort of like on that deciding moment is that there were like a few opportunities to go to different places right now that sort of don't even match the next three days that we have planned so we're sort of like trying to to figure out and that's what will come um, next but um, I think we should actually take this moment right now to mention that if you have any questions for us uh, either like whatever about photography about dance about like travel about online business like whatever you want to uh, or I don't know like whatever thing you want, you want to know just don't be shy you can send a message at yanadance.com slash artist date or you can leave a comment on the YouTube uh, comments and I should mention we that we actually one. have one question so thank you to let me just grab the question here thank you to uh, Melissa Gattoni for uh, sending the question and uh, I'll read it and then maybe you comment and then I'll comment so she says, uh, uh, Melissa says, I loved this idea of both of you sharing your experiences. A question I have is how you deal when you get sick while traveling. Uh, always amazing content, Yana. So uh, this is Melissa. Thank you for your question. So we're going to address that uh, right now. So I would say, first of all, don't freak out about that. Uh, things may happen. You may get sick even without traveling. Of course, getting sick while you're traveling in a completely unknown country is uh, not the best thing. Uh, but my few things and tips. First, uh, make sure you have insurance uh, that covers like most of the like, essential things uh, uh, that may happen. It's always a good investment or we always feel like, oh, like it's a waste of money, like a lot of people feel. But when you get in a tricky situations that actually can help you a lot and make sure that you are choosing not the cheapest insurance. I'm not talking about getting medical insurance for the document purpose of showing on the border. Sometimes they require. No, I'm talking about actually choose insurance that you trust. If you need help, they will provide help. This first thing. 
uh, also, of course, with insurance, know the numbers, like, and all details, like, do you need to call or do you go pay and then they reimburse, like, always figure out those details. Second thing, uh, know where is the closest pharmacy uh, in case you need some, like, you know, basic uh, medicine and you didn't get uh, or you ran out for whatever reason. So knowing that. And third, also know where is the nearest, like, hospital to you in case of emergency and uh, uh, hopefully how to call it to, but at least physically where it's located to your uh, apartment or your hotel. And uh, that's pretty much it, because other than that, getting sick is never fun, regardless are you traveling or not traveling. Uh, but uh, that's the basic thing that we deal in sort of like trying to make sure that if emergency happens, at least we kind of like have some structure to support us and, and help us. Yeah, to me, the, well, the first thing I want to mention is that this is not medical advice. <laughs> yes. Go to your doctor to see your specific situation, like your family doctor. If you don't trust a family doctor, find another one and ask them for advice on your specific situation in terms of health cannot express that enough sometimes we forget about this since this is a how do you deal with getting sick this is like our opinions and our experiences of how we do things with our bodies and what we like with our context in terms of health so in the, with that said what I'll mention is that first of all in our case we are as they say here inshallah like he healthy or at least decently healthy or at least we don't know without any yeah like, like we don't have any morbidities that are like terrible or anything like that that we know of uh, <laughs> and you know uh, and so in that sense and there is also the thing that if like I actually do never get sick like I really don't except of course last year I actually got COVID so I can talk a little bit about that but while traveling but uh, so but just to to so I I usually don't get sick Yana when she gets sick is just temporary for like just a little bit and it's nothing serious we don't have any chronic conditions that prevent us from anything yeah. we're not diabetic we don't have any heart disease we don't have blood pressure problems we don't have any of those things at least for now right so and we are relatively young Right, so it tends to be the the case that, uh, that that that's the case. So for us, I, I will reiterate, re reiterate what Yana said: having insurance, having medical insurance, is the main thing because then you have that number. You just put it on your phone, and you um, you have it there. The other thing to consider: I haven't done this. I had this idea, and I haven't done it. You walk around with a little card. I actually do we'll do this right after we record this. You walk around with your little card that has the hotel address your blood type and the contact information that is on your pocket because one of the things i was actually thinking about this all not even in terms of getting sick but what if you get injured that's actually for us a much more realistic <laughs> walking thing. around this yes literally traffic. walking around this noble <laughs> traffic that is absolutely yeah. insane um they they're like it's completely confusing and they are like this very 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 narrow streets and they're going like crazy yeah it's and, insane uh, it, it, it's insane. really dangerous um i mean you don't feel the danger but no. having lived in canada i was beaten up on the idea of safety which is the <laughs> their uh fetish no and, uh, even mm, compared to ukraine like here uh, both for traffic and for pedestrians uh, i'll disagree with that ukraine, <laughs> ukraine is absolutely insane as well like at least they're ukraine. insane but yes i we don't feel that <laughs> that craziness as a pedestrian <laughs> in ukraine well, okay. because here there's a lot of very narrow streets yeah, with yeah, super true. narrow pedestrian like things and cars really like they, they go going crazy. crazy yeah th but that like just anyway on, yeah, and on the, yeah like on that point like th it's uh, so thinking what if one day i'm walking around like alone or yana's going somewhere like on her own and we get hit by a bus those kinds of things that can happen right that will be a problem in any city at least on the other cities they speak your language right so they can get your phone but your phone is usually locked right so the, i was thinking hmm, what if you have a card or even your screenshot your, your sorry your um what if your, um, what's the word for this? The, the screen um, background uh. of your phone be your contact information, right? That's one of the things that I was thinking of doing. Mm. So, and then uh, at least someone can contact like your person. You can have on speed dial saved, not have on a paper that is saved on the hotel, but you have the number that you have to call for your insurance number right on your phone as a speed dial, 
right? You get a SIM, local SIM card in the country you're in. You have that, that, that number there. You tell someone, a friend of yours somewhere, where you are, right? To check in regularly if you're really worried about like, getting sick, especially if you're traveling alone. Uh, so um, there are many things that you can do in terms of comfort to make the trip more safe or at least to make the trip feel more safe. And I think in the end, like whenever people ask about this idea of like, um, of uh, like, if you get sick before, people would ask, oh, what if there is a, like if you're in the Middle East, a terrorist attack, or what if you were in Rio and you get kidnapped? So it's basically the fear of the day, which is what you're gonna do. It's like people, that's something that I learned from um, the Vagabonding book from uh, Rolf, uh, Rolf Potts, that he was saying, you know what? People on the other country that you're going to, they also go to the doctor. They are also worried about exactly the same things you're worried. And it happens that there are 15 million people in that place where you are, like in the case of, of Istanbul. So when you travel, you're going to deal with uh, like sickness almost exactly the same way you deal at home. If you have a crappy um, um, like medical system, then it's, it's a problem for everybody if you have a good one or if you have a going to a place where it has a good one you can get insurance that can give you access to that thing so i think it's much more about your fear setting and how you see the dangers of travel rather than something that can actually happen because remember in the world today you're always about two thousand dollars and 12 hours away from almost anywhere right yeah. it's very expensive for most people it's 12 hours what do you mean but yeah it's like there is a hospital, even if it's not in the country where you are, that you can go to, and it's not that far. Let's say if you have, in the case, if you were mentioning COVID, like, okay, you have to deal with that here. Everywhere around the world, they're dealing with COVID. So it's not really, like, an issue. So I think, like, in the end, like, again, thank you for the question. It's a very important thing. But I, I would put that on the bucket of the worries that we have when traveling that are easy to put on cruise control it's very easy to buy insurance see how your regular uh like health levels are go talk to your doctor maybe you have some sort of issue that you cannot if you just broke your leg you should not be walking around in, in istanbul for example so consider what your doctor suggests in terms of travel if you're clear for travel you're clear for travel and then you take regular precautions on google maps you can download that's the other thing you can do too you can download the maps in like google maps or i think apple maps you can do that too but you can download the local map so that you are not necessarily using uh, internet yeah. connection all the time so you can always zoom in and see where the next uh, hospital or the next clinic is and you can always ask for help people will in general be willing to to help so travel insurance be in good shape try to eat well but i also think well. uh, there is a lot of like sickness problems uh, happen close to travel time because people get anxiety of traveling especially if travel is not that something that happens often because then you get super excited but also you have this uh, worriedness and anxiety and how often like just the day before trip you suddenly have a strange uh, a soreness in your throat <laughs> or like temperature mm -hmm. and nothing to do with this current uh, like pandemic situation it just in general happens uh, so I think just mindset of having like okay if I actually get sick I will deal with it then and I will not worry making sure you create this like structure that we were talking okay insurance i know where's hospital where's pharmacy that's it like that's for me at least like then if bad things happen then i will deal exactly with real situation and not worrying about oh what if potentially this happened if potentially this happened i know where to go i know whom to call i know where to get medicine that's it basically yeah and also this uh, one thing that i learned from uh, russians and ukrainians that they usually have this little bag of medicine <laughs> that they always travel with it's a cultural thing i think i don't know because i see that from many friends of mine that come from slavic countries that they always travel like with like a little bag of like a basic bunch of, basic medicine yeah, yeah. basic basic medicine no. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> yeah but it's like you have 
your aspirin, you have like whatever things that you might, you might, especially given your specific situation, like health-wise, you you might know that uh, oh, you're gonna need a painkiller for I don't know, like whatever time of the month, or you know you're gonna need like oh, if you eat badly, you can have like activated charcoal, like whatever things that you that you're like over-the-counter medicines or your let's say prescription medicines that you can that you can bring with you. And you can always look, there is like online, like on, uh, like uh, some dictionaries that say, okay, this specific uh, medicine, what's the equivalent in Turkey? So you literally just ask Google, like, oh, the, what's the name of this medicine in uh, Turkey or in uh, whatever country? And um, it, usually people will know what you're looking for. But it's actually true about obsession of Slavic people is sickness and medicine because even my mom, one of the first comments and we like, oh, we're going to Turkey. One of the first comments from her was like, oh, people say pharmacies in Istanbul are very good. <laughs> I was like, um, I was not planning to do a sites into pharmacies. <laughs> anyway, on this note, um, yeah. so... Uh, Next episode probably will be not from Istanbul, but we still don't, don't quite know. know. <laughs> <laughs> we have either an option to go somewhere on the, in three days from now. No, in yeah, in three days from now, or maybe to go literally today. <laughs> yeah, we're still deciding what to do because a very cool opportunity arose today. So we're trying to decide if we're going to do that or going to do some other things but at the same time there's always the saying that we're here for a long time there's no rush for things at the same time you don't want to see all the ships passing by and you don't go into any of those so uh, that's sort of like what we're doing but in terms of like just to finish off like in terms of general like impressions or like things about Istanbul any thoughts any of the parts that we saw already um I still don't feel like we have experience of Istanbul yet. It's just first week, like literally looking around. It's still, I'm just talking from the experience of having uh, like long-term stays in different places. Mm -hmm. For now, we're still from this observer point of view. Yeah, it's yeah. not like we will become like local, but still, I know it will be different experience. So for me, it's just like looking around and lots and lots of uh, travel logistics this week. So it kind of, for me, it was a little bit hectic like yeah. this week. Hmm. Well, we were able to see here the to to meet one of the uh, like most uh, iconic dancers. Yeah, Samuel is. Uh, yeah, like in uh, in in uh, uh, in Istanbul, like one of the first ballet dancers, and she's been dancing for what like fifty years. Fifty-five years, years we, of actual dance career. Yeah, so we had the opportunity to to sit with her, and she's going to be interviewed for Yana's podcast, uh, I guess Friday, and. Um, she it was very well, interesting to talk in to her. <laughs> yes, and uh, she and we also met uh, besides my my drumming uh, teacher here. Uh, um, uh, we met like a, an American drummer that lives here in Istanbul, and uh, it was uh, very very interesting to start that conversation with a bunch of like uh, different people and the you storytelling. Yes, yes, we talked about it. Like, yes. uh, it was fantastic to have this, at least for me, like it's already this new experience of I decided to walk and it was like about an hour walk to the class. And uh, it was uh, interesting because it was like close to uh, the Galata Tower that we're going to showcase. And it's, um, it's like sort of like on a hill after when you cross a bridge. So it was like about an hour walk from where we are. And I decided to just, okay, let me just go to there. And then it's like so hot and I have this drum on my back. And then I was like, huh, I'm going up a mountain to see a master. That's very iconic, right? It was really, <laughs> really funny. But that was like already a great experience because I got used to playing uh, drums in a specific way, in a specific tradition, which is great, which I really love. But the, the Turkish style is different and it's... Uh, it's something that you really need to wrap your head around how they do things and it also reminded me of very many techniques in uh, Indian tabla the way that they mm -hmm. do this they call this the Turkish split hand technique it looks like you have two hands when you're doing like with just well, one hopefully you do have you two do hands. yes it looks like you have two hands in one with one I don't know that was a very strange uh, comment anyway it's you have this uh, th this technique and when I started doing it all my knowledge in Arabic style drumming, okay, of course, was useful for like beats and reading and uh, general uh, dexterity, but it, it was different. So I really felt like a beginner, even going through very simple rhythms on the drum with 
this new technique, I really felt like a beginner. And that was actually a very exciting and very interesting thing for me because it was like, and also having, it's not just me practicing on my own. It's mm -hmm. something that it's like, oh, someone told me, okay, you have to practice this, you have to do this, you have to prepare this. And uh, with this little hints of things to come with in, in his technique. So that was very cool. Also going to his store that he's a drummer and he also has uh, like this boutique percussion store, only percussion on that, um, on that store. Very beautiful with uh, bandiers and his frame drums and ricks and... Um, and tablas of the in darbukas of different different ways and for me it's sort of like at, at the same time that it's a beginning it's also referred to to me it refers to a beginning when i started drumming i remember like shakar kiki my first teacher in La the lebanese guy in brazil and i said no you're gonna teach me how to to to, to play this because i fell in love with the drum and um, when we started having classes the, the drums that I have, they are all metal, right? They're made of metal and they have this plastic skin on top, which emulates the sound of the original darbukas, which are made of clay and they have either goat or fish skin on top, right? That is stretched to make that beautiful sound. And he always told me that, oh, in the Middle East, there is the fish skin darbuka. So they get the skin of a fish, not of a goat. So it's thinner, but it's a specific fish from here. So it's a little bit like stronger. And it has a lot of possibilities in terms of sound. The drum responds to everything you do. And I remember him telling me this, what, like, I can't even think of how many years ago <laughs> he told me about this drum. And I never had one and I never, like, played with one. And when I got here, you know what, I want to at least see if I will want to invest in buying anyone and also learning how to play. So that's already in this week, even though we are doing like all these reacting things and going to bazaar and going to all this, uh, like and meeting people to create content afterwards, it was already to me uh, like a um, very transformative experience of new things to do, new, um, new goals and new like opportunities of creative expression because what I intend to do is to combine the drumming of Turkish style with the Arabic that I know and who knows what else is going to come out out of this uh, new experiments. So now we have a third member of family. <laughs> the cats. <laughs> That's a different story. Yes, cats in Istanbul. So many yeah. cats in Istanbul. Yeah, I think for me it was this week was more about like logistics and also generating ideas. I feel I get very uh, more and more excited about creating potential content and collaborating like with uh, local dancers, like thinking, oh, here would be cool to do like interview or here like maybe on this place with this dancer, some creative like dance uh, videos maybe or shoots uh, as well as of course uh, always thinking about content for Yana Dance Club and getting some ideas maybe to do some intensive about maybe overview of Turkish dance styles or something like that with uh, collaborating with like local dancers because I really like the collaboration the little the intensive that we are finishing right now it was uh, basically uh, taking class from Alex Delora famous Ukrainian dancer in Krivoy Rig filming one of my classes and developing into a full intensive uh, that we're finishing right now. We also prepared another intensive just in case we cannot do on schedule content creation here. Uh, so we prepared in advance about like polishing choreography, but already thinking like, you know, after the trip, so during the trip, investing time in creating something about Turkish dance. I get very excited. And it, this week was more about like a meeting with this dance or discovering about this dance or discovering about cool places that would be very nice scenery to shoot something yes. uh, also hope for some drumming intensive again yeah, <laughs> and videos yeah, we're <laughs> even thinking because we're probably going to go to Cappadocia which is a beautiful place here in uh, in uh, we're very drawn to it since the beginning to go there and um, we're thinking huh maybe you can do a little waking up early and going to sunset to sunrise to see the balloons, balloons and have some yeah. little bit of drumming so we'll see how that goes we should do some drumming on the balloon somehow <laughs> i don't know we had one video of you drumming like upside down because when we were with alex lauren query rig she made you do like this uh, aerial stretching upside down and then you had your drum. I'll make sure to insert a video <laughs> <Yeah>. on this <laughs> so we need not upside down hopefully on the balloon yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll something see. on balloon or something like that <laughs> yeah we'll see about that so in in the actually that so like Jan was mentioning the, the dance club just as our um, 
our like project our project together so i should mention in closing that um if you want you can join uh yana and sometimes me on drumming uh, on the yana dance club there is a platform for dancers that yana created to um help you take your like help you drill and help you like, well i learn. can tell a little yes, bit so mm -hmm. uh this is basically for uh, everyone who wants to learn ballet dance and not only because we cover a lot of folkloric dances of the Near East, Middle East and North Africa uh, region. It's good for beginners because you can also get access to my grandiose course Learn How to Ballet Dance A to Z. The access is available there. But also Yan Dance Club is very cool for intermediate beginner um, continuous uh, dancer so you can start there and then you continue there because uh, there is a lot of different programs like you can take intensive you can just take technique drills if you want just to have a 20 minute workout or you can research some choreography so there is a lot of content available there and instead of me keep talking and talking and talking i would just suggest check it out because there is also seven day free trial you can see everything yourself at yandanceclub.com. We'll insert link on the show notes. Yeah. And finally, uh, well, if you enjoyed the, the show, uh, let us know your thoughts. Like, if you, again, if you have questions, you can go to yandanceclub.com slash artistdate. You can also leave a comment on, uh, on YouTube. So please leave a like. If you like, subscribe to the... This is uh, being put on Yana's channel, so subscribe to the channel. And uh, tell your friends if, they, if you think they're going to be interested in this, uh, in this content. That really helps the, the channel, really helps us to, to keep creating this. So we thank you for being with us in this Artist Date. And until next time... Somewhere else, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>